Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Hey, today we're going to wrap up the series that we've been in, When the Devil Comes knocking in today's part three we're going to finish it off with uh, what I think is probably one of the most important messages that all of us need to believe hear understand what God is trying to tell us through his word I want you to grab your Bibles and I want you to go to the book of Revelation come on go to the book of Revelation (laughs) chapter 12 Revelation chapter 12 I want to welcome everybody that's watching us and watches us online around the world come on our big global family church online Come on, give them a big welcome. Come on, make some noise for them. We love you. We're glad that you're tuned in. Glad that you watch all over the world and we get your emails and your texts and your comments. We're glad that you are tuned in. As you're going there, look at the person sitting next to you and tell them you are sitting next to the best looking person today. Come on. Smile at somebody sitting next to you. Look at the person on the other side and tell them uh, God blessed you today by sitting you next to me. Come on, get some confidence in this place. Come on, I love, Seth has some confidence. I love you, Seth. I love that. Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. Revelation is the last book in the Bible. Go to Revelation chapter 12. Two weeks ago, we started this with Pastor Adam opening up, talking to us about the deceiver. When the devil comes knocking with deceit, with lies. Last week, we looked at when the devil comes knocking as the destroyer. We talked about how he brings schemes for us to obey our will instead of God's will. And so he comes to destroy our lives. Today, we're going to look at when the devil comes knocking as the accuser, as the accuser. Revelation chapter 12, just to give you a little bit of context, a war is happening in the heavens and we get a glimpse into what is going on. If you don't have a Bible, you can share with the person next to you that hopefully they agreed when you told them that they were sitting next to a good looking person. And now you can share Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screens. If you're watching online as well, we're going to begin to read in verse 7. If you're there, can you say amen? Amen. The word of the Lord says this. Now war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated. But he was defeated. Let's say that one more time. Come on. But he was defeated. That line alone right there should make you want to shout praise. That alone, you don't need a sermon. You don't need a message. You don't need another worship song. Knowing that that Satan, the enemy, has been defeated. Come on. He's been defeated. Can I get an amen? But he was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. Even until death. Out of Revelation chapter 12, those verses we just read, today we're going to finish part three of this series, When the Devil Comes Knocking. And it's important to understand that he is an accuser. And he comes to accuse you and I before God. He comes to point out all of our flaws, all of our imperfections, all of our sin. Today, let's understand what the Bible says about this. And I think we're to finish this series strong, worshiping God, giving him all the praise and all the glory because Satan, the devil, has been defeated in the name of Jesus. Today, I want to talk to you from this topic, this title, Call My Lawyer call my lawyer. Why don't you slap three people around you and tell them, call my lawyer. 
aunt, call my lawyer. Rosie, call my lawyer. Tell somebody next to you, call my lawyer. We're going to pray, and then uh, we'll worship God. We'll have an incredible Sunday. And uh, like I said last week, we're not going to pray for the dolphins. Uh, We'll just trust God with that one. The heat are looking good, and so are the Panthers. And so um, thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Let's pray. We'll talk about the accuser. And then we'll go home and have an amazing time. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for your goodness, your grace. Thank you that you're for us. You're with us. You're not against us. Thank you for your love. Thank you for loving people like us. We can't earn it. We can't deserve it. You are good. You are awesome. You are loving. You are kind. Thank you for this family called Calvary here in this physical location and across multiple locations, whether it's homes, offices, workplaces, wherever people are found today, logging in and connecting. Thank you for this family, this household of faith. Thank you for this series as we've been learning about the enemy. And uh, we believe he is defeated, like your word says. And so because of that today, we have the victory. Lift up every head. Heal people today. I pray that today you mend broken hearts. And I pray that today you release and deliver people out of bondage. And you give us the freedom that is found in you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And all of God's people say. Oh, come on. All of God's people say. Calvary, can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. Recently. Diana dropped me off one morning here to work, and when she dropped me off, she left with the vehicle, and we forgot to take some keys out of the keychain, and so she took off, and when I came inside the building, I realized I did not have my keys to the main office, and I did not have keys to my own office, and I was stuck out of a place that belongs to me. And it wasn't a quick trip that she was going on. I couldn't just call her and she made a U-turn. By the time I called her, she was at Target. And all the husbands know that Target. It's like the black hole. It's going to be a long trip and it's going to be an expensive trip. Can I get an amen? Target means I was going to be out of my office for a long time. Because I did not have the key... I couldn't access that which belonged to me because something was missing. That reminded me of a story that I'm sure a lot of us have heard. Uh, There's a man that is going with his family to a circus. And on the way to the circus, as they're outside the tent, he sees these massive giant elephants. And they're tied by a rope to a leg to a stake in the ground. And they are not moving or going anywhere. And the man is intrigued. He cannot believe that these giant animals are not roaming the streets going crazy. They stay still because of a tiny rope on their leg. And he approaches one of the trainers and he asks, how do you keep these elephants to stay so still with just a rope? And the trainer proceeds to begin to tell the story that when the elephants are recently born as newborn babies, they tie this rope around their leg and onto a stake on the ground. And as little baby elephants, they try running with all their strength, with all their might, but the rope brings them right back and they realize that they do not have power over the rope and over the stake. Of course, over time, the elephants, they grow massive. They get this strength. They are giants, but because they've been convinced of a lie, they believe that they have nowhere else to go but to be stuck to a rope and a stake in the ground and they do not access the wide open spaces that they can run in because they have believed a lie today i really believe that many christians born again believers followers of jesus have believed a lie and because we believed a lie and we don't have access to the key, we are not running in the wide open spaces that God has given us that goes according to our call, our purposes, our plans, and our destiny. We've been locked into a lie because we have been conditioned to believe that that lie, that rope, that stake, it is greater than all that God has before us. And as long as we believe that, we will have limits in our life and we will not access all the purposes and plans that God has for us. 
In fact, I put it this way. Believing a lie results in us having limited lives. Today, listening to lies results in limited lies. So many of us in here today, we have listened to the lies of the enemy, of the accuser, of the devil, of Satan, and we are limited in our potential, in our calling, in our purposes to receive the blessings that God has for us, and we cannot roam free to all that God has called us to be because we are tied to a lie. Tied to a lie. Listening to the voice of the deceiver, the liar, the destroyer, the accuser. Now, now the devil has a voice. The devil has a voice. I don't know if you know this or not. He has a voice. He doesn't just come with a pitchfork or two horns, but he has a voice and he comes whispering lies to us. Now, now you got to be careful with the voice of Satan, the devil, because he's fickle. He vacillates between his voices because at first he'll come up to you and he'll say, go ahead and fall into that sin. There's nothing wrong with that. You deserve a little bit of that. You've worked too hard. Your wife doesn't pay attention to you. Of course you should cheat on her. Oh, come on. Of course you should go out with that co-worker come on yes of course you should rob and steal a little bit of money you deserve it God will forgive you you're too cute for him not to forgive you he loves you so much oh go ahead hustle lie cheat steal oh it's not a big deal nobody will find out that's his voice before sin his voice after sin Oh, it changes up really quick. Now he comes around and he's like, how could you? You claim to be a Christian. You are a liar. You are dirty. You are pathetic. God will not forgive you. Your life is ruined. There is no future for you. There is no blessings for you. There is no way that God can use somebody like you because you are a sinner and you keep on sinning. There is no way that God, can, you are a hustler, a liar, a cheater. You are filthy. That's the voice of the accuser. And you have to be careful with which voice you listen to because both are lying. Anybody with me this morning? He is a liar. And the thing that Satan does is that he minimizes sin then to maximize the consequences. He minimizes sin and he says nothing will happen to your family. Your marriage will be okay. There's nothing wrong with what you're doing. Then afterwards, when all hell breaks loose, he maximizes the consequences because he's really good at condemnation. He's really good at condemning us and coming to make us feel locked in and trapped, accused of a lie, and he'll keep us trapped, and he won't let us receive the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of God to run forward in God's grace, God's love, God's open purpose for your life and my life. The devil is great at condemnation, but I love that the Holy Spirit is even better at conviction. That's the difference between Satan and the Holy Spirit. Satan comes to condemn us. The Spirit speaks to convict us. All right, I'm not saying that we have a lawyer that all of a sudden you can go ahead and, 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 and free, uh, freely sin and, and go ahead and do everything that you want because God will forgive you. We don't have a license to sin. And when we sin, the Holy Spirit comes to convict us. And there's a difference because condemnation from the enemy makes us run from God. Conviction of the Holy Spirit makes us run to God. And so some of us today, we're under the condemnation of Satan and we're sitting in service or watching online and we're saying, there's no way I can lift my hand in worship. There's no way I could join Dream Team. There's no way I could be in Connect Group. I can't even lift up my hands. I shouldn't even clap because I know I'm a sinner. I know what I did last night, last week. And the devil is coming with shame and guilt saying, how could you? You know what you thought. I know your thoughts. I know what you did. I know what you did last summer. I know everything about your life. And he's accusing you and you feel condemnation and you feel like there's no way you can run to heaven but the Holy Spirit speaks today and he says run to the Father he'll forgive you he loves you he's for you he's not against you there's more grace there's more hope this is the house of grace this is the house of mercy anybody grateful that we have a good God he forgives he has grace he has mercy he is the good God that is for us and not against us can I get an amen And so we listen to conviction and we ignore condemnation. 
Today, I really sense in my heart as we were preparing to finish this series, so many of us today are trapped and bound to a lie from Satan. You're not walking in your purpose. You're not walking in your calling because you believe the lie of the accuser that says you're no good. You can't serve him. Don't you dare join Dream Team. You can't wear that yellow shirt. <laughs> Don't you dare go to Connect Group during worship. Some of you, you want to lift up your hands. I see it. you like this. You're like, mm -hmm. <laughs> because you're listening to the voice of condemnation. But God says that the righteous fall seven times, and seven times they get back up. I wish I had about seven people that are thankful for his grace, his love, his mercy. I might have fallen. I might have messed up. But greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. Can you praise God this morning? Come on. Tell your neighbor, we're breaking the rope. Come on, run into the wide open future that God has for you. I put it this way. Freedom is won by believing, not by performing. We're free today, not because of how good you behave, how sinless you are, how perfect and cute you are. We're free because of what Jesus did at the cross of Calvary. And so today, he loves me, not because I had a good week, but he loves me because of what Jesus did. Are you with me? The devil will come and say, your performance was bad. And I'll remind them, but his performance was better. He died for me on the cross. Revelation chapter 12 gives us a picture of a cosmic war that is going on. It is a war in the heavens of good versus evil, God versus Satan. Because since the beginning of time, Satan has opposed everything that God represents and is. Satan hates life. Satan hates light. Satan hates hope. Satan hates grace. And so you see that there is this battle even going on in the world around us. Chapter 12 is a concise history of how much the devil, the dragon, the prowling lion, the snake has tried to destroy the purposes of God. By the way, the enemy is very real. We find out He's not just the snake that comes with deception and lies, but he's also the prowling lion that comes with schemes to destroy. And now he's the dragon that comes with accusations to accuse us. In the first part, we learned that he wants to make us ignorant with lies. In the second part, we learned he wants to make us impatient with schemes. Today, we find out he wants to bring an indictment through accusation. He comes with ignorance, he comes with impatience, and he brings an indictment against us. The dragon is real. By the way, this series is not to talk about how great Satan is, but how great God is. Our God is more powerful than when the devil comes knocking. And he might come knocking on your door today. Not literally, but might be some kids asking for candy. Don't tell them they're... <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Just want some M&Ms. <laughs> By the way, it's not if he comes knocking, it's when he comes knocking. Do you know the enemy? Do you know the enemy? He's very real. And chapter 12 it's a description of the battle that happens. That's why if, if I were you, don't you mess with demonic things. It is real. I know the cartoons and movies try to make him look cute with two horns, looking with a red suit and a pitchfork, and the devil looks cute. The devil is a liar. He's a snake. He's a prowling lion. He's a dragon, and he's been defeated. And he'll try to twist the things of God. He'll get you to mess around with horoscopes and crystals and bring in all this new age stuff that's demonic. It is from the pit of hell, and it goes again. Because what he does is that he makes everything look pretty only to trap you in the end. And the things of this world today are bringing filth and they're bringing new age stuff to try to deceive the people of God. And today I believe that there's Christian witches. And I want to tell you that those things do not go together. You cannot be a witch and a Christian. I want to tell you, you're either a son or a daughter of God or you serve the devil, the father of lies. But you cannot be one or the other. And so don't mess around with when the devil comes knocking because he's very real. 
And the Bible says that he was thrown down. In Revelation chapter 12, it says he was thrown down from heaven down to earth. He was defeated. He was defeated. And it gives us the name in Revelation chapter 12, the accuser. Somebody say the accuser. It's a legal term that the Bible is using. Another word for it there is the prosecutor. The prosecutor. In other words, it's giving us a courtroom setting. Have you ever seen a courtroom? You ever been in a courtroom? <laughs> Some of you are like, mm-hmm, I don't want to go back. <laughs> you ever seen Judge Judy? That's the picture it's giving us. In fact, the Bible gives us another story of a courtroom and it gives us an inside picture of why he's called the prosecutor or the accuser. Zechariah chapter 3. In Zechariah chapter 3, we have an inside look at a courtroom because the devil, the accuser, the prosecutor is coming against Joshua, the offender or the defendant and he's accusing him and God the Father is the judge and there's an advocate or a helper or a lawyer called... Jesus. Come on, somebody. Look what Zechariah chapter 3 says. It says, then he showed me. There's a powerful vision in the Old Testament. Zechariah chapter 3. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest. The high priest means the leader of the people. He was the religious leader. Before there was kings or presidents, there was high priests who represented all of the people. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord there is Jesus. Now you're saying, how is Jesus in the Old Testament? He wasn't born until the New Testament with Mary. Mary, Mary had a little lamb. It wasn't a little lamb. It was Jesus. Jesus. Mary didn't know what she was carrying. Yes, she did. She knew she was carrying Jesus. How is Jesus in the Old Testament? Because the Bible says that Jesus was, is, and will always be. He is Jesus forever. What's happening here is called a Christophany, which means we see Jesus all throughout Scripture because he's always existed. The angel of the Lord, Jesus, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked from the fire? Meaning, haven't I saved Joshua and haven't I saved the people of God? Now Joshua was standing before the angel, clothed with filthy garments. Filth, in all throughout scripture, represents sin. Meaning Joshua had sin on him. He represented the people of God who were up to no good. All of them were sinful, so Joshua was sinful. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, remove the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you. And I will clothe you with pure vestments. And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and they clothed him with garments and the angel of the Lord was standing by. Joshua, the high priest, is being accused by saying, saying, look at your servant. Look at the high priest. He is dirty. He is filthy. He's a liar, a cheater. He has offended and he has broken God's law. And Jesus, the lawyer, the advocate, the helper says, I rebuke you, Satan. And he tells the angels, take off that filthy clothes from him and put on new clothes on him. Come on. This is in the Old Testament. This is a picture of what Jesus came to do in the New Testament. The Bible says he's changed our clothes. Some of us today, we're sitting here with stains on our shirt. We are all stained. We are covered in sin. And Jesus says, I know there's an accuser that's saying, look at his shirt, look at his clothes. He messed up last night, last week, last month. But Jesus says, it's time to change his clothes. I'm the redeemer. I'm the one who rescues. I'm the one who forgives. I'm the one who gives new grace. And he puts new clothes on us. Can I get a witness? in here that God has been good to us. Can I tell, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. When you come to church on Sundays, you better act like you got Louis, Prada, Gucci, all. He gave me new clothes that's better than any brand name. It's pure white. It's clothes from the Savior. I am saved and I look good today. Can I get an amen? He took our clothes full of sin and gave us clothes full of holiness. The Bible says they've washed their robes with the blood of the lamb. And they come out white as snow. Better than bounty the quicker picker up. <laughs> you, know what, you know what Zechariah 3 reminds me of? There's a story in Luke about a father who had two sons. One son loses his mind. The son goes on wild living. He goes to the city of Miami. He's in downtown Brickell. He's losing his mind. He's in Club Live. Like he's just spending all his money. How you know about Club Live? 
He's drunk out of his mind. He's doing wild living. He has all the girls. The Bible says he loses his mind. And one day he's broke, busted, disgusted. And he wakes up in filth and he says, what, what am I doing? He comes to his senses and he says, to be a servant in my father's house is better than to be here with pigs. And he says, okay, I'm going to prepare a speech so that when I go before my father, I say, can I just be a servant in your house? I know I don't deserve it. I know I'm not good, but can I just be a servant? And he prepares this long speech. And as he's on his way to his father's house, the Bible says that his father is sitting at the edge of town waiting for his son to come back. And when he sees him, he goes running. And the Bible says he hugs him around his neck, kisses him. And he's like, dad, hold on, I have a a speech. And he says, like, shut up. I'm just glad that you're back. You're my son. I've been waiting for you. And the Bible says that he takes off his old clothes and he gives him new clothes. And he throws a party for his son. I want to tell you today, the father is waiting for you. Don't let the accuser bind you to a lie. Don't let him hold you back. Today, walk open in all that God has for you. He's waiting for you with arms open wide. Don't let a lie from the enemy hold you back. Come running to the father. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Don't wait another day. Don't be bound by the lie. The key is Jesus. And with the key, Jesus, you can run into the future that he has for you. And so many of us are bound by a lie. Because I did. Because I was. I did this. I did that. I'm a cheater. A swindler. A liar. I messed up my family. I did wrong. The father says, come running. Shut up. Don't tell me what you did. I got new clothes for you. The accuser has been defeated. Today, when the devil comes knocking, you tell him, call my lawyer. When the devil comes, when the devil comes with every single lie to tell you, you don't deserve goodness. You don't deserve another family. You don't deserve to be part of a team or a church. You don't deserve blessing in your life. You're filthy, messed up too many times. You tell him, you know what? I'm sick of you. You don't shut up. Call my lawyer. Call my lawyer. Revelation chapter 12 says that the accuser has been defeated. And a couple verses down it says how he was defeated finish with this and I wish I had more time but the Bible says we have an advocate a helper an attorney on our side first John chapter 2 verse 1 my dear children I write this to you so that you will not sin today we're not saying you have a license to sin not saying leave out of here do whatever you want you got a lawyer you good (laughs) nah it cost him his life it cost Jesus his blood He was tortured, murdered, ripped apart. So we don't sin. But if anybody does sin, because we're in this human body, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. It's a beautiful verse. I don't write this so that you sin, but if you sin, you have a lawyer. How did they overcome the accuser? As we wind this up, as we finish this, how do we overcome when the devil comes knocking with accusation? How did they beat him? Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, they won the victory over him by the blood of the lamb, by the truth which they proclaimed, and they were willing to give up their lives and die. The writer of Revelation is the apostle John, and he's getting this vision about the big war in heaven. And he says, they overcame the accuser, the dragon, the prowling lion, the snake. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they laid down their lives. What what can we learn from this today as we're closing up this series and finishing up today? I know we're gonna celebrate. We're gonna eat a whole lot of carbs. It's gonna be an awesome Sunday. It's gonna be incredible. But, but, but what do we learn from this before we leave? Let's worship one more time. Number one, learn to apply the blood. 
apply the blood. It says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. What does this mean? What do you mean the blood of the lamb? Some of us, we've heard about the blood, but we don't understand how powerful the blood is. We've heard songs about the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious. That's a group here that went to Vigilias, grew up in church. The rest of us like, I ain't never hear that. Some of us, we hear about the power of the blood, but we don't understand how powerful it is. Look what the writer of Hebrews tells us. In Hebrews chapter 12, the writer of Hebrews says, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, a new relationship based on God, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. I want you to write this down. The blood speaks. This is deep. This is profound. And I wish we had more time. The blood speaks. And the writer of Hebrews says that the blood of Jesus speaks louder than the blood of Abel. Wait a minute. Abel never said one word. Abel was killed by his brother Cain. Abel never uttered a word. All throughout the Bible, you would never find a word from Abel. Abel offered up a sacrifice and then his brother hit him in the back, killed him. Abel never said a word. Yet the writer of Hebrews says that the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than the blood of Abel. What do you mean? Well, you go to the chapter before, which is called the Hall of Faith where he lists all these great men and women of faith. And look what it says, Hebrews 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, though which he was commended as righteous, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Abel still speaks because he offered a sacrifice through faith. So his life, by believing, spoke. The Bible says that when Cain struck his brother and killed him, God came and said, Cain, where is your brother? And Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? I don't know nothing about my brother. And he says, you don't have to tell me anything. God was like, I already know what happened. He said, his blood cried out to me. His blood told the story. The writer of Hebrews is saying, if the blood of Abel was calling for justice on sin, the blood of Jesus cries out even greater. The blood speaks. The Bible says that Jesus on the cross was covered in blood as he took his last breath and the blood was crying out not for justice on sin but for mercy on sinners. So today when the devil comes accusing can I tell you there is blood that is crying out that says I spill my blood for his life, for her life, for Robert, for Elizabeth, for Alex, for Diana. My blood was shed so they are forgiven forever. The blood still speaks. And it is greater than Abel's blood. And it cries out, mercy, mercy, mercy. Jesus, he shed his blood because sin requires blood. The Bible says life is in the blood. And this is deep and complex. And I wish we had more time, but blood had to be shed for sin. And Jesus says, don't shed your blood because your blood won't be able to wipe away sin. I'll shed my blood for the sins of the world. When he did that, the blood takes away the power of the accuser. Are you, are you following me, church? It takes away the power. The devil is powerless against you. I don't know about that. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. By canceling the record of debt, you, me and you had a debt that stood against us with legal demands. It says he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. He disarmed. He took away their weapons. It's like they, they came after him with a bat. He grabbed the bat and beat them with the bat. You, th that's what the Bible says. When he died on the cross, he took, I heard Pastor Tony, Tony Evans say this. If you had a gun and you pointed at me, I'll, be, I'll do whatever you want. You tell me to jump, I'll jump. You tell me to sit down, I'll sit down. You tell me to scream, ah, I'll scream. But the minute I look and I see that your gun has no bullets, game over. I'm going to grab that gun. I'm going to beat you so hard with that gun. 
the devil has a gun pointed at you. But I want to tell you, because of the cross of Calvary, it has no bullets. He can accuse you, but he can't deny God's grace, favor, mercy over your life. Run today to God's mercy. Run today in God's open future for your life. Apply the blood. When the devil comes knocking, knock him back and say there's power in the blood. Number one, apply the blood. Number two, answer with truth. It says they beat him. They overcame him. They had victory because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. Another legal term. When you go to court, there's somebody who gives a testimony. Meaning they're a witness. I'm a witness of what has happened. The Bible says because they witnessed about Jesus, they overcame the accuser. Today, I want to tell you something. The devil wants to silence the church. The devil wants to silence our, our praise, our worship. The devil wants to silence the word of God. That's why all this cancel culture exists. That's why all this thing is happening because we have to be quiet about the truth. Don't tell nobody. You might offend somebody because the devil knows that our words have power. The Bible says there is life and death in the tongue. And you may not like it. I may not like it when it lands in my heart, but I know like medicine is good for my soul. And so I have to speak the word of God because it's the word of God that redeemed me. It's the word of God that saved me. It's the word of God that delivered me. It's the word of God that picked me up. It's the word of God that set me free. And he who the son sets free is free indeed. I want to tell you today, your voice is powerful. Powerful. And when he comes with accusations, it's because he wants you to be silent about who Jesus is and all that he's done for you. Today, church, you need to learn to be a witness of Jesus. How do you beat the accuser? Every time he comes, you answer back with the word of God. The Bible says three times he came to tempt Jesus. And three times Jesus answered, the word says this. The word says, the word says. When the devil comes knocking, you become a testimony of his grace, his goodness, his love. We need your voice. This is not the time for you to grow silent. The Bible says, whoever is ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of them before the Father. Open up your voice. And say, I'm on a witness stand and all I, all I know is, I was blind, but now I see. I was lame, but now I could walk. I was dead, but now I'm alive because of the blood of Jesus, because of his resurrection. I was a cheater, a liar, a scam. I did all kinds of things, but because of the blood, I am saved, sanctified. You will not accuse me. I stand by the blood. I stand because of the resurrection. The devil is a liar. You answer with truth. And so the devil can say everything he wants, you answer with truth. I know what the word of God says. I know what he speaks over my life. Number one, apply the blood. Number two, answer with truth. And number three, we'll finish with this and the band can come back up. Number three, we abandon our will. What does that mean? It says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. It says the word of their testimony and that they loved their lives not to the point of death. Meaning they, they weren't in love with their lives so much that they said, I'd rather stick to myself than to lay my life down for Jesus. When the accuser came, it talks about surrendering our will. What the enemy tries to do is that he comes with accusations so that you recant your confession about Jesus. Are you hearing me? When the devil comes with accusations, what he wants you to do is to go back on your word about who Jesus is in your life. He'll test you. He'll test you and try. See, the devil, he knows you. He knows which are the things that you like, the tendencies that you have, the temptations that you fall for. That's why he went up to God and he says, give me your servant Job. I, I know how I can test him. That's why Jesus turned to Peter and said, Peter, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. He's asking for you. He knows your temptations. He knows your inclinations. And he wants you to fall to certain things that he knows draw you. When you can die to self, it is power over the enemy. And you say, not my will be done, but your will be done. Even Jesus was tested in this in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he says, God, I, I don't want to go to the cross. This is hard. This is difficult. But not my will you be done, but your will be done. Can we pick up our cross? Jesus says, he who wants to be a follower of me, they need to pick up their cross and follow me. 
See, Jesus has a lot of fans, very little followers. There's a big difference between the two. Jesus has a lot of people that love him. I love Jesus. He's cute. I love him. I love him. I go, I go to church. I sing Oceans. It's amazing. Close to you. That new song is phenomenal. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? But as soon as they walk out of church, they don't have a relationship with Jesus. A bunch of followers. I mean, a bunch of fans, but very little followers. Followers have to pick up their cross. See, I died, I died on my will. I died to what I want. What do I want? I want to do a bunch of things. My flesh wants to do a bunch of things. But I beat the accusations of the devil when I die to myself. I follow Jesus in his death and I follow Jesus in his resurrection. What the Bible says. So when you come looking for me, devil, and you said, there he goes, God, there goes that cheater. You're wrong because I've been crucified with Christ and the life that I now live, I live in him. When he comes looking, when he comes looking for that person that keeps messing around with pornography, when he comes looking for that person that keeps messing around with their co-worker, when he comes looking for the adulterer, the cheater, when he comes looking and pointing out at your sin, you say, hey, I've died. And the life that I now live, I live in Christ. And he who the Son sets free is free indeed. We overcome him by the blood, we overcome him by our word, and we overcome him by surrender, abandoning our will. So I love what, what Paul says. And I'll finish with this verse. Paul says this in Romans chapter 8, verses 33 and 34. Who dare accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ died for us and was raised to life for us. He is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Jesus died, resurrected, ascended, is sitting next to the Father, and he's our lawyer advocating, helping for you and I. Come on, that's good news right there. Can I finish with this story? And I know I've said I'm finished like 30 times, but, but I'm finished here. June 11th, 1963, General Wallace, Governor Wallace, stood up and in his own state declared that segregation was going to continue. Two black college students tried to apply to a college in his state and he did not permit them because it was a white-only college. And the governor says, I don't care what's happening in the rest of the country, in our state, there is still going to be segregation. Division. Whites go with whites, blacks go with blacks. Obviously demonic, racist, sinful. And he thought he was the man because of the seat that he held in his state as governor. What he forgot was that there was a higher authority in the country. And at that time, the president was President John F. Kennedy. And when word got to Washington, President John F. Kennedy declared an executive order. And he said, I am sending the army and I'm sending the National Guard to your state. It does not matter what you say and it does not matter what office you hold because I hold a higher office. It is the office of the president of the United States of America. When the devil comes knocking, he thinks he has an office and he thinks he has an accusation against you. But what he forgot is that there's a higher office in the heavenlies and it's the office of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's our lawyer. He's our defender. He's our advocate. And he says, you are forgiven. There is grace. There is love. There is mercy. There is goodness for you. Hallelujah. Come on, anybody thankful for his grace, for his love? Let's lift up our hands. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We thank you that you're a defender. We thank you that you are a lawyer, advocate. We thank you that when the devil comes knocking, when he comes with accusation, there's a higher office that declares us not guilty. Today, you're no longer a liar. Today, you're no longer a cheater. Today you're no longer dirty, you're no longer filthy. He's putting new clothes on you today. 
some of you today, run to the Father. Run. Run. He's waiting for you. You've let accusations of the past hold you back for way too long. I feel the Holy Spirit. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Some of you, you've been bound up by a lie, bound up by a rope. You've had access to all of God, but because you don't have the key, because you've been bound by a rope, you've been held back. Today is the day that he sets you free. Run to the Father. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday, last week, last month. Today, there is freedom in the house of God. Today, there is grace in the house of God. Because there's a greater office, and it's the office of the heavenlies. It's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Run to the Father. Run to the Father. You keep believing the lie that you're no good. You keep believing the lie that you're a sinner. You keep believing the lie that you're not, that you're not worthy. The bottom line is we are sinners and not worthy. But he, he died so that we can be saved and set free. Run to the Father. Run to Jesus. Surrender your life. Abandon your will. Trust in the blood testify about his goodness and the dragon has been defeated he's under our feet today run to him run to him run to him I don't know who this is for but you need to run 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 don't let another lie hold you back don't let another accusation hold you back he has blessings upon blessings upon blessings to pour out over your life and the devil's kept your hand tied but that rope is coming off today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth it's coming off it's coming off it's coming off receive the good gifts of your father receive grace forgiveness mercy and love Today he takes off the old clothes of iniquity and he puts on the new clothes of righteousness. You're not what you did. You are not what you did. With every eye closed and every head bowed, if that's you, you say, Alex, I've been accused. I've been accused. I've been listening to the lie. I've been bound up. And today you want freedom. Lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. As high as you can. Lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. You say, I'm tired of listening to the lies. Lift up your hand. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Pastors, can we walk around the room? Leaders, today be set free in the name of Jesus. Be set free. If you said, I I keep hearing that I'm this and I'm that, the devil's been accusing me, the devil's been lying to me, lift up your hand. You say, today I want freedom in the name of Jesus. Be set free. Be set free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There is power in the blood. Come on. There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. The blood of Jesus come over you. The blood of Jesus sets you free. The blood of Jesus forgives. The blood of Jesus wipes away every stain, every fault, every sin. There is power in the blood. The blood, the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Thank God for the blood. Thank you, God. I pray that you free people today. Free people today. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Hallelujah. Thank you for the blood that still speaks. Thank you for the blood that speaks freedom. Thank you for the blood that speaks forgiveness. Thank you for the blood. Today, God, set your people free. Hallelujah. Set your people free. Lift up your hand if that's you. We're praying for you today in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you set people free in this place. People that have been bound up, locked up. Be free today in the name of Jesus. Be free today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Be free. Be free. There's power in the blood. Just call on the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The devil is being defeated. He's under our feet. He's been disarmed because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. With every eye closed, every head bowed leave it in just a minute. If today you're here, you're watching online and you say, Alex, I don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Alex, I feel distant from God. I feel far from God. There's no way that God can love me. I've done things nobody knows. and I'm messed up. The truth is that all of us are sinners. There's not one perfect person in this place. Every single one of us, we've done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong. And our sin separates us from God. But the Bible says that God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus. Jesus came and he grabbed my sin, your sin. 
And the Bible says that Jesus carried the sins of the world on his shoulders. He went up on a cross and he paid the price for sin. Sin has a heavy price. It's called death. And our blood was stained and his blood was pure. So he says, I'll pay the price for sin. Jesus died for you and for me. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Jesus died for you. He, he gave up his life for you because he loves you that much. Today, if you're here, you say, Alex, I need a relationship with God. What can I do to be saved? The Bible says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. He died for you. The Bible says he was in a grave for three days, but after three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. The Bible says he's sitting next to the Father and he's praying for you. He's praying for me today. We have an advocate, a lawyer, an attorney that's praying for us today while the Father is waiting for you with arms open wide. With every eye closed, with every head, out, head bowed. If today you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. I know I've been living in sin. I know I've done some messed up things, but today I want a brand new beginning. Today I want forgiveness for my sins. If that's you, every eye closed, every head bowed. If that's you, at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you. If that's you, raise your hand. One, two, three. Hold it up for a second or two. Put it as high as you can. If you're saying today I need forgiveness, I see you, 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 see you, I see you. Awesome, awesome. God bless you, God bless you, awesome. You can put your hands back down. If you're watching online, you can raise your hand wherever you're at. God sees you right there where you're at. He's seen you take the step of faith. With eyes closed, head bowed, I want to say a simple prayer, and I want all of us to repeat this prayer out loud. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, that's what we're doing in this moment. We're saying, Jesus, you are Lord. So repeat after me, all of us together. Whether you've made the decision already or this is your first time, just repeat it out loud. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, what an incredible Sunday. If you raise your hand, hands raised here, maybe online, we have a free Bible for you. If you go outside, right next to the pumpkin patch, there's a tent that says Connect 10 or Connect Team. We have a free Bible for you. Don't leave this place without this free Bible. It's going to help you. And if you're watching online, we'll send one out to you. Anybody grateful that we have a defender, a lawyer, an advocate? He's a good God. Let's sing this out one more time as we lead for today and as we get ready and prepared for the week. Let's remember he's close to us and tell him, I just, I'll trust you over and over again. I'll trust your voice before I listen to the accuser ever again in my life. Come on, let's lift up our hands. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Go before us this week. Thank you that you go before us, that you're our rear guard, and that you take care of us every single day. Thank you that in you, we can live a life of faith, trusting in your work and in your performance. And because of you, we are free and free indeed. We love you. We thank you. And we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen.